out of left field. It's presented by Farm Bureau, and here's a special conversation with former PGA Tour professional Jim Gallagher, Jr. And let's go to the phones. We're a five-time winner on the PGA Tour. He lives in Greenwood, Mississippi. Played on the 1993 Ryder Cup team. He's been a part of the President's Cups as well. He's played in a good many of these Masters that are going on this week. And Jim Gallagher joins us now. And Jim, you know, looking back at playing at Augusta, and there are so many people that talk about you know the first time they go to Augusta as a patron, but. As a player, you know, looking back for the first time that you drove down Magnolia Lane, was it a situation of, hey, I've earned this, this is awesome, or was it, I can't believe I am driving down Magnolia Lane? What was that first experience like at Augusta National? You know what was crazy? Is I was hosting inside the PGA Tour, so I was mic'd up. And so I really didn't get to experience, you know, Sissy and I driving up by ourselves and just taking it all in because I was mic'd up, camera on me and everything, which was kind of cool to do that. You know, but back then, guys didn't really go play early. Uh, I wish I would have gone in and played some practice rounds before that to kind of get to, to know it. But, you know, when you walk in there, it's, it's pretty overwhelming. You go check in, but it's when you leave the practice area and you walk out there through the clubhouse and you get there at the putting green and you look out and you're going like, oh, my gosh, if heaven looks like this, bring me home, Lord. You know, it's just an amazing sight. And actually, I led uh, the first after the first round of my first one, and uh, it was such a cool experience. I remember my father-in-law and my mother-in-law were driving over, and of course, back then, really didn't have cell phones. I think he may have had his phone in his truck or something, but it just they'd heard that I was leading, and they were just shocked, I guess, like everybody else. Uh, you know, your first time over, you just don't expect that. So we just had a wonderful week. Uh, I met Coach Roley Massimino, who was uh, friends with my wife, and, and he was out there every single day, and we had a ritual. I know I'm getting kind of off your your, your uh, the, oh. the question, but he 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 would sit on the top row, and then he would walk down after I hit balls. He'd shake my hand and wish me good luck. He did this every day, uh, and it was just kind of our little ritual. And I'll never forget walking up 17 the last day, and I'm kind of I'm right on the borderline of being exempt the next year for that top 20 or 24. And uh, I said, Coach, man, I am so nervous I can't even see straight. He goes, Son, you can't hit, get hit by a car unless you play in the street. And I had to think for a second. And I'm going like. You're right, coach. <laughs> and so I par the last two holes, and I get exempt coming in there. But uh, for the, I think I topped 20 or somewhere in there. But it was such an amazing week. I went out and played the par three course every day up to Thursday instead of hitting balls because I just I wanted to take every moment in because I didn't know if I'd ever go back. And for people who say, you know, when you're an amateur like Andy Ogletree from Mississippi, you know, those guys getting to play, you've got to play because you don't you're not guaranteed you'll ever get back, even when you become a pro. So you got to take it all in, and I did, and it was a wonderful, wonderful week, uh, one I'll always remember. We think about the Masters and the galleries, and of course in your career that very successful Ryder Cup in 1993, and we know what the crowds can be like at the Ryder Cup. I'm curious, it's going to be a different type of gallery at the Masters this year. How does that impact you as a player to go from kind of a, a louder, more active environment to a quieter environment? And do you think that helps maybe some of these first-timers, some of these guys looking for a, a first-time major win, kind of make a breakthrough? I think that's a great question. I think they're used to playing, uh, not in front of, of course, last week in Houston. They had a couple thousand. I think in Bermuda they had a few. But I think for Augusta, that's what makes Augusta is the roar of the crowds, the, the patrons, and all the, the people out there. It's just, you know, you hear all that, you know, rumbling through the trees when you get around Amen Corner. And but for these first timers, 
they're not going to have that same sensation. And the golf course is going to play and look completely different. And, it, and the forecast looks like a lot of rain. So, yeah, it's Augusta National, but it's not Augusta in April. So I think it could help somebody who hasn't been there. And the golf course, you know, the guys usually in the in the past, the guys that have played there have that big advantage because they know all the subtleties. The greens aren't going to change. They're all going to be the same. But just the way the golf course is going to play, I've, I've heard from folks who've been around, there's a lot more Bermuda because the overseed hadn't come in. That'll change the way guys chip uh, and hit shots off the fairways. So I, I think it's a completely different golf course. So the guys, maybe longtime players, may not have the advantage of some of the young guys. But I think without the patrons and everything, um, it's definitely going to be different. I, I think for players, they live off that energy, at least I did when the crowd and the fans got into it. Uh, and, and those are the things I think they've had to get adjusted to. I think, you know, as we go forward, when they start getting fans back in sometime next year, that's going to be an adjustment for a lot of people too. Talking to Jim Gallagher, five-time winner on the PGA Tour and does some work with the, the Golf Channel as well as an analyst. And going back to, Jim, what you were talking about, about the course playing different this year, you know, it started about 20 years ago with them lengthening so many holes. They were quote-unquote tiger-proofing Augusta National and guys, like you said, that go over there and they understand, hey, this is going to be a seven iron here. It's going to be a, a, a wedge here. And now all of a sudden, with the, the course playing a lot longer, the greens at Augusta, you know, are much talked about how fast they are. And the thing about the Masters compared to the U.S. Open, the pin placements are not as crazy and stupid, but you still got guys who are going to be hitting a lot, you know, a lot longer second shots in the greens this week. I mean, how does that play into the factor of it's going to be different angles you got to play with in the fairway and the, the long shots in the green? How is that going to affect people? No, I think it's going to definitely favor the long hitter more than ever. Of course, long hitters have always had an advantage. We all know that. There's a big talk of are they hitting it too far and all that. But, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of wanting – to, to make the ball go shorter, I wouldn't mind putting more dimples to make it go more sideways. Uh, these guys, the, the technology and their ability to figure out things are amazing. And I think that's the talk of DeChambeau. Is he going to come over and, and dominate? We've heard of all the short clubs he's hit in there. So definitely an advantage. But as you said, the greens are such that you've got to get it on the right section of the green, no matter how short an iron. Big advantage to have that with a short iron. But I think your long hitters, I mean, Rory is under the radar. Uh, Brooks Kepka had a good finish on the weekend. He's a little more under it. DJ, for the first time in a long time, he's kind of under the radar. Everybody's talking about DeChambeau. Uh, I think uh, Xander Shoffley will be a guy to watch out for and, and uh, Justin Thomas. But I think the long hitters will definitely have an advantage, but you still got to get it on the proper side of the hole and you still got to make the putts. Uh, and, and the par fives for the long hitters will be where, where they'll take advantage of it for sure. First two majors of the year, we've got two guys that have won their first. DeChambeau won. Colin Marikawa won earlier in the year as well. Who is out there that may be that guy to sneak up and win their first major this week? I think Xander Shoffley. I think he's definitely – he's been knocking on the door. He may not be playing as good as he had uh, in going into some of the other majors, but he is always in there in contention. Uh, I think he's a guy that really – I mean, talk about under the radar, but he really isn't. Everybody knows who he is. He could be a guy that could get in there and get the first one. A lot of people talk about Matt Wolf uh, being a first time uh, coming in there as a pro compared to like Fuzzy Zeller 41 years ago and winning. I don't know if Matt's quite ready for that yet, but uh, I think Xander Shoffley, as far as somebody who's been out there that will get his first one, he, this could be the week. You know, Jim, you've gone, you were a highly successful player 
now you're kind of on the other side doing analyst work. And I used to think that if I were a player, there were many times I would have wanted to track Johnny Miller down when the round was over to share a few views about mm-hmm. his commentary. How do you balance that experience of being the former player versus your role now as an analyst? Yeah, that's a great question because I think when I first did it uh, in 2002 to six on USA Network, I was still playing some. I kind of quit playing at 40 years old. So I was in my early 40s and making that transition. And, and I was still a player in my mind and still friends with a lot of those guys. And it was always difficult to kind of like, you know, I, I still, I would call myself then a player's announcer. Uh, I think now this second time around, which I've been very fortunate to be for the Golf Channel, I think it's year six, is I just kind of, I kind of keep it light. I want to keep it where, you know, you can't tell what's going through their minds, but, you know, you've got to be critiquing, not criticizing. It's not about me. It's about them. Point out things that they do right. Point out things that may be their weaknesses. Uh, so I think as time has gone on and I'm not playing as much, uh, I think it's been a lot easier to do my job and critique them easier than when I was just barely off the tour or just you know a couple of years away. That, that was difficult 2002 and six when you got one of your dear friends gets up there and, and, and makes a mental mistake, but you have to go ahead and say it. I think this time around it's been a lot easier. But I just kind of give it from the player's perspective more of the mind. I don't break down golf swings like a lot of guys do. Yeah, there's times to do that. But it's more about the way they approach it, how they attack a golf course, and and some of the things like that. That's kind of how I go with it. Uh, And I've enjoyed it. Uh, I I love doing everything. I I, kind of do a little bit of all. I do the LPGA, and they're a lot of fun to watch. Allie McDonald, Court Mississippi State girl. uh, And from Fulton, Mississippi, I was actually on the call those last three days, which was so cool because I've known her since she was – you know, 10 or 11 years old to see her win, get her first LPGA win. That was really cool for me to be part of that, a family friend. And, and that was hard because I couldn't act like I was cheering for her. Uh, and I asked my wife, sis, I said, Am I, did I sound like I was cheering for her? She goes, no, you did a pretty good job of disguising it. <laughs> but, you know, I just, you know, there's certain people that you kind of, you pull for them, uh, but you've got to be careful. You're not supposed to be the cheerleader out there. But when I do a few PGA Tour events, I, I got to get out there more to get to know these younger players uh, to try to, you know, they show themselves out on social media and Instagram and all that stuff. You, you get to see them more than maybe when we were playing. Uh, and there's still some guys that I, I kind of follow, but I do a little bit of that. And then in the studio, uh, I enjoy too. I like post game because I get to talk about what I've seen. Uh, Pre game's a little tougher because you're kind of predicting, you're trying to find some trends here and there. And it's a lot more somewhat guesswork, but I, I, I enjoy the role of doing everything. It keeps me uh, kind of engaged in everything. The hard part is when I do get a month off, keeping up with every tour. That's the hardest part of, of, of doing my job. Talking with Jim Gallagher, and, and you mentioned that point of pride of watching Allie McDonald, the Mississippi State alum, and how she played over the last couple of weeks. Thinking back over the last couple of years, you've been a very big ambassador for golf in the state of Mississippi for a long time now. And then what happened last year in the U.S. Amateur with two Mississippi guys making it to the Final Four? What was that like? Because, I mean, I think of you, I think of you know, a Glenn Day who has Popperville you know, ties. You guys kind of were, were the two guys in the PGA Tour for so long. And now all of a sudden, younger golfers coming up. What's it mean to you for somebody who has carried the flag for this state for so long to see the up-and-comers coming up? Uh, you know, we kind of planted the seed. My wife, Sissy's as much as part of that as anybody, especially with the, the young girls growing up. But to see those guys, and of course, Cohen's like a son to me. BJ taught all my girls, Thomas, 
and, and, and I always wanted someone else to teach him because it was easier than them trying to think, here's dad, tell me what to do. And then Andy, I watched him play a lot growing up. He was closer to my daughter Kathleen's age. Uh, but to see that, that just shows you where we are in Mississippi. I mean, when I first moved here, oh, there were a couple, you know, old Waverly was just being kind of started. There were a few good golf courses. I mean, he had the country club and Anadale were already there. But as time got on, we've got better instruction. We got kids interested playing. Uh, and what VJ Trolio and Timmy Overton have done at Old Waverly, promoting it. And, and look at the kids that have come out of West Point. Man, their high school team at Oak Hill is phenomenal. Meridian was the hotbed for years. And that's all based on our club pros that are growing the game, you know, at that level. And, and to see those two kids get in the final of the USAM or the final four was just um, phenomenal. Uh, and I couldn't have been more proud of them. And Andy, you know, I texted him and wished him good luck. And, and, and Cohen had such a cool week at a very young age. But we've got so many good young players. Uh, and I saw it with my daughter, Mary Langdon, and, and Allie, and, and a few of those girls growing up in Mississippi. You could see it from the girls' side starting to grow. And, and Margot Coleman did a great job with the Mississippi Junior Golf Association growing that. But I think what you see is when you see kids like that and, and Allie and Andy and Cohen have that success, it pushes other kids to say, hey, I can be that kid too. I can be him. And I think that's the, I think that's the biggest thing. Think about the people who come out of Fulton, Mississippi, a uh, nine-hole golf course. you got uh, Clay Holman, who, who coached at Mississippi State, great player, won multiple state amps. you got Chad Ramey. you got Allie. You got multiple people coming out of a little nine hole golf course uh, and to get out on the national stage. So that's the cool part. We're seeing that grow. And I think it's a, it's a case of we've got better golf courses, better instruction, and we've got an interest and we got to keep riding the wave while we can. You mentioned Clay Holman. By the way, he was the guest, I think, this week on your podcast, Only One Shot yeah. Golf. Uh, which, he by was. the way, my friends swear by. Uh, you've got a lot of fans on your podcast. How has it been getting a chance to visit with so many golf professionals and to talk about the development of the game through that venue? It's been really cool. I had Hal Sutton on two weeks ago, and to hear the advice and him be so honest, and for people out there listening, that's one you have to go listen to because he talks about being on your own personal journey. And we're seeing Jordan Speed fight that a little bit. Uh, you know, all the expectations that everybody has on him. Because, boy, what, what he had that year or two going on was phenomenal. He had a career in two or three years, and now he's struggling. So it's got to be your own personal journey. Uh, you've got to take hold of it. You can't worry about other people's expectations. I thought that was fun having Hal on there. Talking about him when he got out there, he was the best amateur in the, in the world. Won a, a PGA, won multiple tournaments. All of a sudden, he's being compared to Jack Nicklaus. And he said, you can't compare me to Jack Nicklaus. I can't be Jack Nicklaus. And I think he felt those pressures. And, and he talked about when he quit playing and, and why he quit playing. And, and I've had people like that, Dottie Pepper, who great announcer, Judy Rankin, a World Hall, Hall of Famer. And I've had a lot of coaches. I've had a lot of players. I want to get the word out to the juniors and the, and the coaches and the kids out there. That, like, how do, you got, how do you get ready? How do you find out about the college procedure? How do you find out? How do you get coaches to watch uh, to watch you or, or get interested in you. Where do you go? What's the process you go to to get to college? How do you approach, you know, getting kids started? Uh, so we've had a variety of people like that. It, it's not that we're trying to reach millions of people. We just want to get the word out, or I want to get the word out to the kids and the college kids and the coaches that they have a forum to talk about and, and show what they can do and, and see how they find interest. It's been interesting listening to coaches and everybody. The, the main thing is how do you separate elite from average? Uh, and, and those are the, that's a question I always ask, and I get a lot of different answers, but it's basically that inner drive, that will to be great, 
uh, putting everything aside to be the best. And, and that's kind of a common answer to it. And, you know, you ask them what they're most proud of. It's always cool to hear what that is. So I've enjoyed that part of it. Uh, I'm getting better at it. I got to learn how to promote it a little bit better. I got to get the kids involved a little bit more in that. Uh, at 59, I'm not quite as uh, savvy as they are with that. But it's getting better and, and getting on with you guys helps. And, and, and just I just get the word out because I think it's we've had some great guests. I've enjoyed the heck out of it. It's actually helped my golf. Uh, when I did get the interview, a couple tournaments I was out there, it helped me get back into the groove of uh, when, when you ask a question and you're doing live golf or even on a podcast or whatever, you ask the question, but you've got to listen to the answer. You can have a second question or a third question, but you might get one out of that answer. And so that's one of the things I think it's really helped me uh, for my golf uh, channel work is, is doing that podcast. Absolutely. Uh, we listened to it. I listened to the Hal Sutton one uh, yesterday, and so it, it was great. The Only One Shot podcast, we've been talking to Jim Gallagher, lives in Greenwood, Mississippi, had a great career now as a golf analyst. And, hey, we appreciate you hanging out with us here on the Week of the Masters. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. It's going to be fun to watch it. Just hope the rain stays away. And that's Jim Gallagher from the Golf Channel giving us a preview of this week's Masters. And this interview has been brought to you by Farm Bureau. Go with a home team and go check them out at favorites.com.